up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. All right, welcome back to hour number two on a Tuesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, Bill Bush on early break. We have a special guest. He was with us for the last segment. He's with us for the full hour. Barney Maybe. Cotton, long time, you know, former Nebraska assistant coach, former Nebraska player. He's been around the country as well. Bill, he coached with you at New Mexico State back in the desert days for you. Oh, yeah, we'll get to some things there. Barney's probably as badass as they come for the Huskers. If you just go through, he, uh, he played defense, was a black shirt. Then he moved over to offense, started. Uh, he coached freshman ball here. He was the O-line coach here. He was the offensive coordinator here. He was the head coach here. Um, he actually died at UNLV in the in the uh, uh, office and got defibrillated and brought back. Whoa. He now has a brand-new heart, and he's here with us. That <laughs> is that. as badass as you can possibly <laughs> get. The ultimate Husker uh, you know, we, me and Barney have always kept in touch. He, Barney was so kind. He texted me all through the season this year. But when you list those things of what he did, to think that you played on the D-line as a starter and the O-line yep. as a starter. And also played in the NFL for how many years, Barn? Just four. Four years. Mm-hmm. Not just. Not just. There's no just in the NFL. Well. There's no, yeah, but see, I, I get you. But but to play also in the in the NFL, and then we had a chance to coach together on that all Nebraska staff down in New Mexico State, and and uh, I talked about Barney how we racked up. Uh, Barney did 500 some yards against Arizona State and rushed for 380 in that upset <laughs> and stuff. So just uh, threw that at him like that a little we bit. Forget? Yeah, it all gets back. But anyway, to have Barney here is just awesome. I don't think people need to know what an ultimate Husker he is. And also what he's did through his career, and obviously how we all the stuff that he's been through physically also, and uh, is still rolling. So it's great to have you here, Barn. Well, it's good to be here. It was good to see you the other night in person for the first time in a while over at you know Lonnie Albert's retirement party. And we talked about that on on air. All the people there, that was kind of a who's who, wasn't it? Boy, I tell you, it what, was unbelievable. A lot of people. I mean, everybody from, I mean, 30, 40 years ago yeah. were there, but Lonnie was there for. 38, 38 of them, yeah. Years, so yeah. seeing so. Boyd Epley and Tom Osborne, you name it, they were. It was the. the it went back to the. There was people there from the '60s at this event, right? like for for him. So it was. So uh, so so it was an, an awesome situation like that. So uh, so Barney's just, obviously it's, it's just uh, just great to have you here and uh, and and be a part of this whole thing. And so our 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 history went back a long ways. But tell us what you're doing now. Well, I'm actually. Doing this. <laughs> hey, I understand. At 801, I'm free too. No, I'm, uh, no I'm, I'm, I'm probably retired. I don't think I'll go back. I may have gone back had it not been COVID, but when you get a new heart, they really don't want you to, you know, get sick and, you know, and the stress of coaching and being around guys with the flu about halfway through the season and then with COVID going on and no sleep, they said, you know, at least take – you know a year and a half or something like that and then you're in the thick of covid so uh i'm 66 now i don't know if i have any plans to go back but uh you know i miss coaching do you i really do and uh what do you miss the most barn i miss being around the guys and i miss being around the players 
you know if you you're do, on, you... if you're on a great if you're on a good staff i mean there's nothing better and there's nothing better than being around you know the players and i'll see some of them at times and my son jake got married in january and so geez about 15 of the the old linemen and old nebraska players were were up there jake got married in milwaukee and we just had a blast you know and and seeing That's all great. those guys and seeing, you know, who they married and talking about their families and stuff like that because you, you create life, you know, lifelong relationships with, with many of your players. It, it is a gut-wrenching change when you go to, not, to no team. Hmm. Not no coaching, not so yeah, much no, not so much no hmm. diagramming uh, that, that or, or, or a certain blitz or play that Barney's going to design. That part is is you miss it. That's fun. It's it's like Barney said. It's gut wrenching to not walk in and see because you go from like Barney and myself went from we would talk to probably two hundred people a day yeah. to four. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. So that's a lot. You do because you talk to you know, the offense, defense lines, uh, your whole staff, uh, secretaries, the different support staff. You talk, then you go down to eat eat dinner or eat, eat lunch, and you walk through, and it's Dennis LeBlanc and his staff and this and. It's 200 people a day you interact with. Then you go to sometimes two right. at that. So when you lose a team, it's, it's, it's a rough deal. So I, so I understand what Barney's saying in that situation. How do you fill the void, Barney? Well, I, yeah, I, mean, I work out a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally I'll do some speaking for Live on Nebraska. Yeah. You know, uh, a, the donor group here and recipient group here in Nebraska that helped with my heart transplant. In, in uh, 2019, was that? Yeah, October of 19, yeah, I, I received my heart. And so I spoke, uh, you know, a handful of times. And uh, oh, here in April, I speak out in uh, Grand Island. And I just I just spoke in Columbus, and I've spoken in Omaha. And, and cool. I really enjoy doing that. You know, you tell your story, and you encourage people to, to be donors. Uh-huh. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I would like to encourage everybody listening today, mm-hmm. make sure you're a donor. You can't believe the effect that it has on people's life. The gift of life mm-hmm. uh, is an amazing thing. I know there's a loss of life, but to give the gift of life to, you know, help out another family. So like me, I can be a dad. I can be a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be a friend, yep. you know, and I can maybe pass the word. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. Uh, it is an awesome to receive thing. the gift of life. So I want to at least plug, you know, live on Nebraska and plug being a donor. If you haven't decided to be a donor, please decide to be a donor. Live on uh, Nebraska. Live on Nebraska, and you can choose to be a donor on your driver's license. You okay. Know, you get your little mark there and says that you're a donor. If anything would happen. Good. Yeah, that's a good idea. It really is a good idea. My mm. my uh, my donor uh, saved six lives. And, uh, really? Oh, dang. You know, I received the heart, but, you know, both kidneys, the liver, uh, pancreas. I'll be darned. And, uh, you can be <laughs> eight, but, you know, lungs, generally it's, it's both lungs. Yeah. And lung is, lungs are probably the toughest transplant. Yeah. Uh, so and, your uh, donor saves six lives. Six lives. Mm. and uh, Straight to heaven that person goes. Yeah. Absolutely. Front of the list. Front of the yeah. line. Yeah. Front of the line. He was a car accident victim, and uh, actually, I'm part Michigan man now because yeah. my donor was from uh, Michigan and uh, Muskegon, Michigan. And uh, matter of fact, when I speak in Grand Island here uh, in April, my donor's mother, Amanda, is coming down, and we're going to meet for the very first time. 
Oh, wow. That is amazing. That is She's amazing. She's going to come to Omaha. We're going to meet. We're going to go out to Grand Island together. She's going to listen to me talk. Yeah. I get wow. to introduce her. And then we're going to stop in Lincoln at a donor event the next day. And I'll introduce her, you know, to that group. We've yeah. talked a number of times, but... You know, with family things and what she's got going on, what I've going on, we just haven't met yet. I wonder, I wonder, so if you, I mean, I think you've inspired a lot of people here, Barney. Um, Well, and this is a unique situation because, you know, I I have a, my heart was a 20-year-old young man's heart. It was a car accident victim. And uh, you don't think of, you know, I... I thought maybe I might get a 45-year-old yeah. person's heart. You Something know, like that. Or 35 yeah. if he was really young. And then I found out. You don't find out these things for at least a year after your surgery because they want to let the dust settle a little bit before, you know, you open up old wounds potentially. And some donors and some recipients never talk or never meet because maybe one side doesn't want to. So it's never forced. It's a right. voluntary situation. And Fascinating. Live on Nebraska does that. And then in Michigan, it's called Michigan Life. So those two groups get together. Okay. And then after a year, you send a letter, okay. an anonymous letter with no clues in it, although she figured out who I was because I said I was a coach. And she started looking for a coach that died. Uh-huh. Or not died, right. that so got she a heart didn't transplant. Mind. She, she wanted yeah. to know. She, yeah. she found out. Because she started looking within a 500-mile radius, and she figured out who I was, even though I didn't give her any clue other than I was a coach. But there was a coach that received a heart within 500 miles, and she asked me when I first talked, she goes, are you you the coach that used to coach at Nebraska? And I said, Uh, yes. So, I mean, she she wanted to know. So it's been great. She wanted to know, yeah. Well, that's a – that's a uh, that's a big phone call. All of a sudden, you're, you're so you're the house barn hearts in. Let's roll. There's not a lot well, of you know there what? is no like. Well, we're gonna I, can we do it tomorrow? And There's not. It's like you know I mean. And I had in August one time. This I got one in uh, October. October, but yeah. in August I got a call. You know, at six or seven in the morning, seven seven o'clock, whatever, and they said Barney, we think we have a heart. And I said, oh, boy, she goes, get a bag packed, get your toiletries, everything, talk to your family, and and be ready. We're going to call you back in an hour to see if it's a viable situation for you. And so we're running around. I'm at my sister's house because we haven't moved into our house yet. And running around, and they're all up, and my wife, and we're all excited. Then I got the phone call an hour later and said, oh, Barney, we're sorry, false alarm. Mm. And you're going, oh, Uh, no, uh, you know, but – but that's okay. And then it ended up working out. We had a false alarm when I was in the hospital. I was in intensive care. And then I had another false alarm where they thought they had one, but it ended up not being, uh, they turned it down because it wasn't, you know, you want to make sure you're getting the right fit for the right person. Right. And then so, and then a couple of days later, we got the call that it was the, the right fit. And that's here awesome. you are. There you are. And, and here with us, and again, yeah. like the ultimate badass like that, played in the NFL you played with Conrad Dobler, didn't you? You know, I missed him by, by a year, but I knew Conrad. Conrad. It was interesting. I got one – well, I got a number of Conrad mm-hmm. stories, but the one that I probably makes sense for me to tell would be – so we're playing – he's with Buffalo the year yeah. after, and so I'm playing guard, and he was a guard. And You're with I the was, Cardinals. I was starting. Yeah. And, with the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's Louis. with Buffalo. So we're sitting in our locker room in Bush Stadium, the old Bush Stadium yeah. in St. Louis, yeah. Yeah. sitting around and – uh, I come back from getting tape, and then I'm sitting by my locker, and and here's a guy dressed up in 
Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. He's uniform. in your locker room. So we're John Red Dobler's in your sit, locker room. We're sitting in a circle of offensive linemen <laughs> in the St. Louis Cardinals locker room with a Buffalo Bills offensive <laughs> lineman. <laughs> just want to come over and see the guys? You just want to come over and see the guys. And then uh, That's awesome. getting close to about, you know, when they said, all right, about five-minute warning or whatever. He goes, hey, you know, we'll see. We'll talk to you guys out there on the field or whatever. <laughs> what the and I got a chance to meet him, and I've, I've seen him at a reunion. And it's too bad that just recently, you know, he uh, passed. Yeah. Okay, Conrad Dober passed. Uh, yeah. You know, and Jake, I, do you remember? You don't know. I don't remember that. He was man. a he was an all, all time badass. You know, yeah, when yeah, I first as mean as to, they come, right? When I first got to St. Louis, my head coach was Jim Hannafin. Yeah. At the time, Jim Hannafin was the line coach for you know uh, the Cardinals. And when I first got there, because I had been drafted by the Bengals, played a year, and then I got waived, and then I got picked up that day and ended up in St. Mm -hmm. Louis. And the first thing I get before anything else, he gives me back the day you had the cans of film, mm -hmm. and he handed me this can of film, and he goes, uh, go in this meeting room here, shut the door and watch this film. He goes, this is the greatest game a guard has ever played. Mm -hmm. He goes, and maybe any offensive lineman. And it was Conrad Dober against Merlin Olson. Wow. And well, Merlin Olson Merlin's was a that. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. And it was the absolute biggest ass kicking <laughs> I have ever seen mm. an offensive lineman do. Really? To a Hall Whoa. of Famer. To a Hall of Famer. And I mean, and Merlin Olson, to all those days he was on TV. If, Little House in the Prairie. If uh, Conrad Dober's name came up, Merlin Olson became like enraged talking about, you know, what a bad guy Conrad, you know, Conrad was and all these things. But I mean, he was. Is that right? Back in the day, you could leg whip and do all those things. And Conrad Dobler's leg whip wasn't one that came and got you in the side of the leg. Conrad Dobler's leg whip would be a heel <laughs> to the jaw. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, Jack Youngblood no, yeah. and Conrad Dober. I mean, Conrad Dober and Merlin Olsen, because those two played against next to yeah. each other, Youngblood and, and Olsen. And they'd run stunts, and then Conrad would go down, or they'd throw him down because he wasn't that big. And then this leg would come up and hit him right in the Adam's apple or right in the Jeez. jaw. Played in the days of legal. All that was legal back in the Leg day. whips. Legal, <laughs> legal leg, leg whips to, to the face. face. Barney, yeah. that's, you just said something that fascinating. Was, that yeah. was legal. Yes. Well, it was legal. And, and the other one I remember, clear <laughs> as day, I know we're leg whips. Yeah. probably take up the whole show talking about this, but <laughs> no, they pass off a stunt between him and Dan Deardorff, who I played with, and he's a Hall of Famer too, and those guys played next to each other. And so they pass off a stunt, and Jack Youngblood comes in, and rather than trying to get a sack, just ran a pick and knocked Conrad right on his butt. And so then the quarterback scrambles and runs away. And then, so Conrad's not even in the film anymore, and Youngblood's chasing after him. And then Youngblood ends up on the ground 15 yards away and then out of this film oh boy. <laughs> comes this white streak number 66 oh boy. and he launches himself head first with his arms back okay. <laughs> and sticks his helmet right in the kidneys oh. of Jack Youngblood who's laying on the ground oh. I mean it was just Dirty this, the human, <laughs> the human Min missile yeah. was, was a well-deserved name but yeah 
you know, a well-respected offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, man's man. Dude, the kid imagine just this imagine what it's like to play. In yeah, that. it's, it's, it's yeah. different times. Yeah. At different times. I think that's Except just a, that's then in Barney, Barney played now. through all that and yeah. had through all those things. It's just amazing. Yeah, that's a Barney. What was it like going down as a player into the, the coach too? I thought. I mean, we used to go down to Schulte, the the indoor the facility oh, that was the old Schulte turf. Fieldhouse. And it was only about twenty five yards, and when you went in there with Milton, Charlie, and every the whole every, the whole staff you went in there with with. It was different when you went in there. Well, it was, and doors were locked. Yeah, and what was probably even more different when you had, you know, with Milton Cleet when Cleet, I was yeah, playing. So I said Cleet, yep. And then we actually had a little area where you had Schulte, and then you had a little ramp that yeah. went down about ten or twelve more feet. feet yep. And there was a little hole down there where the offensive lineman because you couldn't go have your individual up with everybody else because everybody was in there yeah we'd be down in this little hole in the ground we had turf down there but it had a about an eight foot ceiling yeah and you were about 10 feet lower than the rest of schulte field oh, and there was goodness. like um you know a fence like a you could see through yeah like a, the old fences you'd have in the in, around your yard chain would be, link fence chain yeah. link fence was uh so you could see out there as you could see about head height <laughs> there'd right. be this that's where they fence. went and we would think you'd be like you're in the lincoln pen down there yeah. other than you had an open <laughs> ramp to get back up and then they'd call for the old line and yeah. then we leave yeah. our little deal what? and crawl up the ramp and then we'd go out and do you know teamwork but you couldn't throw more than about a 10 yard pass otherwise you'd run it into was the and wall. the turf was probably like you know <laughs> it was in the 60s it was yeah. this carpet yeah, it was, it was, it was just, carpet it was, it was about an eighth of an inch deep the, yeah you know so your cleats didn't even stick into the yeah. ground Not that, this is like it was just um, again just and a dirty. man's world they, and dirty dirty oh, and, and dark the lighting in there the lighting was horrific. Yeah. It was just old school, old school light bulbs. Yeah. It was well, light bulbs. That's where they practiced. At. And then Barney, did you ever make the trip into Mushroom Gardens? Absolutely. That was part of winter conditioning. Absolutely. A so dirt we'd track. Winter conditioning. We'd be in Schulte Fieldhouse. Then we'd have stick drills up in the old paddle ball courts yeah. upstairs in Schulte. <laughs> stick drills. And People then we'd have to go on. downstairs and run laps around yeah. the Mushroom Gardens, and that place always had kind of a tan haze. Yeah. And the one, the good thing about it, it had all these giant poles, and there was some of our smarter upperclassmen that'd be running, and then you wouldn't see them. You could and hide. Then, and then there the, were these pillars. The they were giant squares. Giant these pillars. pillars. And then all yeah. of a sudden, the drill was over, and our group got bigger because we'd be <laughs> running out of there, and some of our right. illustrious upperclassmen. But all of a sudden, appear after they'd be hiding behind <laughs> those. And I'm not going to tell you who they were because you'd recognize their that name. Was below, that was that below Memorial Stadium? Below, yeah, below. Yeah. It'd, it'd be right now. It'd be below where the football complex is right now. It'd be below that. That's where it was at. Below that, well, well you had to maybe, take a. You, you went. Know, actually, it was more under West or East Stadium, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, you had to kind of. You, you took a tunnel to it. They took a yeah. tunnel. So, I, I ended up so, there accidentally once. So time I used to. There's all these doors. I used to jog in there. Yeah. When so I was I, a GA because that's, it was so cold. Coach Osborne like that. And it would just be. There'd be just a bunch of people and be like some old professor in yeah. Spalding well, sweats open it up and stuff. To, yeah. Like the campus. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, unless it would be during you know that, you know. Three to five, five time. time when maybe the and there was and there also was there was records painted up on the wall like 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 indoor track records like when uh, so the old so, big six the big, big six end. trackers they were painted so the records were painted and it was like a kidney shaped 
Um, kind of, it, it, it wasn't no, even, it wasn't round. It wasn't it was, round. It was yeah. like a swimming pool, like yeah. this kidney shaped swimming pool that was, was about an eighth <laughs> of a mile around. Or something. That again, yeah, that was when, very odd. Jay. That's why that's the history of this, what this man's been through and just being able to be part of that stuff is, is, uh, is really, really cool. So I know Jake, you had some questions well, too. But Bill always talks about your time at New Mexico state, how it, it was like seven years was one year there. Basically, I said a little right? bit. I said yeah, that we loved it. Years, the me. weather was great, but it was like dog years, I said at times. He said he was there for four years. It felt yeah. like 28 yeah. years. Is that your experience there, too? Yeah. But you know what? I really liked living there. Did you? In Las yeah, Cruces. I mean, the the Las first Cruces. year was like, oh, my gosh, what did I bring my family down to? <laughs> And then all of a sudden, you kind of fall in love with the place. The people are friendly. The food was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm, yeah. And probably the best thing about it is we had a hell of a staff. <clears throat> we all got along. Just about yeah. everybody had a Nebraska tie. So you had a previous relationship with these guys. We all got along. I'm not saying we didn't have our disagreements at sure. times or something like that. But we all got along. We're all you know, we'd go over to each other's house. I know as the offensive coordinator there, Tuesday night was short yardage goal line night and red zone night. So we all went to somebody's house, mostly my house. We'd go, we'd come over and have a family dinner, bring all the kids, all the wives, have a family dinner, and then we'd go do short yardage goal mm -hmm. line later on because most of the time you're working through the time your little kids are are up and then they go to bed by the time you get home so white said well, let's get with our families then we'll go back to work and work a little bit later and uh it was awesome down there i at one of my favorite one of my favorite yeah. stops tony hmm. samuel was a great guy uh you know i had a lot of autonomy on offense and i had a great staff but got along good with the deep you know with the defensive staff you had bill and Jeff Jamrog and Steve, Steve is on there. Was Godowski down there? Godowski was his quarterback Godowski, coach. Godowski was down there, and then he became the coordinator after I left. Okay. To come back up here and work for Frank. Who else and was down I, there? I said, uh, Barney, that um, um, that the facilities, there was probably 4,000 high schools that had better facilities than our Absolutely. Our, Other than yeah, we had a, yeah. an absolute big time weight room. Our weight room was, was very nice. Oh, is right? that right? It was right next to it. And they'd built that, they'd put money in the weight room. Really, yeah. really big time weight room. Had a 40 yard, yeah. you could run turf. 40s in there. It was yeah. like a 60 yard strip of AstroTurf in there with two lanes. Yeah. So from that to end, the, and the equipment in there was all brand new. Yeah. It was really nice. And you know what? The stadium. It was, was really pretty, cool. It was a pretty cool stadium. But Sunken down in, you know, and we, we're, me and Barney are lucky enough, and we had a major league sold out against UTEP hmm. in did New you, Mexico. Did you really? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. There were oh, people yeah. standing around the rim. Really? We got to yeah. watch because we we beat New Mexico and UTEP a bunch. Yeah. You know, like we were, we had a winning record against New Mexico, and we had even better record against UTEP. And we'd get a watch. I've got a watch back home. When you win the Rio Grand Series yeah. was New Mexico State, New Mexico, and UTEP. So, I mean, I've got an old – it's not the most expensive watch, yeah. mind you. I think they maybe, <laughs> they maybe got it down in Juarez or something yeah. like that. Maybe. But it's a watch. Maybe. I've got a watch, a watch that yeah. says, you know, winner, whatever, Rio, Rio Grand. Grand Series. So, because oh. we were 2-0, and oh, you know, yeah. so we – there's not there's not many of those watches around. No, no. there's but, not. But like I said, like, like Barney said, there the, like I said when I said that part of it is the dog years. Part of it was the facility part of it. Some things things you had to overcome. But the people and the weather. And then my favorite restaurant, Barney, in the whole world. And I know you've been there. Was Chopi's. That's oh, the number one restaurant great. in the world. Chilies. There was another great yeah. one down in Old Mesquite. Yeah. But the green chili down there, the hatch yeah. green oh, yeah. chili. Yeah. That's where they grow it. 
Yeah. And all the, you know, you go to the store and you see the bottle, it says Hatch Green Chili. Uh-huh. Well, it all comes from just, just north of Las Cruces. Yep. How about that? And it, 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 it's the home with the Hatch And also, chili. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everything you ordered, no matter where you're at, uh, you, they ask you, red or green chili. Doesn't matter what you order. Doesn't matter what you get. You'd right? be at a steakhouse. You want a steak? Yeah, you want that with red or green chili. Uh, that was no like, it, was, it, was, it, it was served. It was like McDonald's, they had it. Which you, is you, hotter. You, 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 you could, could get a green chili, chili. hamburger yeah. or cheeseburger or whatever. You could get green yeah. chili at McDonald's, at McDonald's, which I don't know many other McDonald's <laughs> that you can get I've green chili. Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. I haven't either. Well, all right, take a break. Yeah, yeah let's take a quick break. We've we got Barney Cotton in the studio with us. Again, we'll have more with Barney next on Early Break on the Ticket.